You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. podcast is brought to you by Penji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Yvanna Taylor on the show. She is the publisher of DIYmarketers.com, which is a resource for entrepreneurs who want to do less marketing and make more money. She's listed as one of the most influential people in small business by DMB, and in 2010, she ranked 21 out of 30,000 of Fast Company's influential people on the internet. She is the book editor for Small Business Trends, a contributing author to AMX. Uh, AMX Open Forum and has appeared on MSNBC. DIY is a fantastic way to grow your business if you are on a budget. And, and so if you are on a budget, or even if you aren't on a budget, regardless, the podcast is going to be able to give you some insights in order to cut costs, save money, save time, which is probably even more important than money. Um, and, and I just think from a personal perspective, I've been reading DIY marketers dot com for years and it was a very important part i used to read a lot when in the very beginning of 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 my entrepreneurship career and all these different websites helped out so much and so it's really good to be able to thank these individuals hear their story about how and why and 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 the future of, of of growth from their perspective and how they grew the business so um take out your your notepads your pen and paper and enjoy the episode Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community, Head over to Penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's Penji.co, P-E-N-J-I dot C-O, and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Evena, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jonathan. I am like thrilled to bits to be here. Yeah, and I have to, I already talked to you a little bit about um, before the show, but I have to say on air, um, the DIY Workers website was a core foundation and resource that I used in order to, uh, in the very beginning of my entrepreneurship career, to to read and learn from all the incredible blogs that you've written and your team has written. And so it's an absolute honor to have you. So thank you for your time today. I'm sitting here getting chills, Jonathan. So. <laughs> well, well, don't don't get too chilly because we gotta we gotta help some people today. So, right. is it true that you are the DIY queen of marketing? You know what? I don't typically like to say this, but I think it is. And you know, uh, we're gonna talk about low cost marketing ideas, and uh, a, a lot of your listeners already know one of the things you should be doing uh, from time to time is looking at your competition. So when I started the site in 2008, there were like a ton of people who did what I did. Yeah, John Jans, and these are all my friends, John Jans from Duct Tape Marketing, Ann Handley from Marketing Profs. I could just go on and on and on. And a couple years ago, I sat down and started, you know, just kind of looking at the uh, landscape again, which I advise everyone to do. And I realized, Jonathan, as far as I can tell, I am the only, and even though I'm not ginormous, the largest independent small business marketing publication Yeah, that's that amazing. I can see. That's fascinating to me. So tip number one, people, every 12, 18, 24 months, take a look at your landscape, see what's mm. changed. It's interesting you say that because I am currently on a purging like mm. life 
where if something I'm using like the Marie Kondo technique, where if it doesn't bring you joy, then it's getting the hell out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really amazing to hear. Um, and, and I actually want to ask about the, how you're able to grow and get SEO and, and, and be able to rank as well as you do, and then even be able to monetize it. But before we get into that, um, marketing is incredibly overwhelming. And there's a lot of noise, as you've already mentioned, multiple different websites. And we've had John Jans actually on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I'll link that in the show notes for uh, everybody to take a look at. But there's content creation, there's social media, there's video, there's advertising, and so much more. How do we navigate all this? Jonathan, you are tickling my soapbox, mommy. <laughs> I have been on the soapbox and it started once again. It started from just doing some marketing basics. So tip number two, because this is how I got to uh, why it's overwhelming and I'm gonna tell you why. I, I, and it was enlightening, it was my own journey, right? Um, it's overwhelming, I'm gonna get to the punchline. It's overwhelming because we marketers made it overwhelming for yeah. people. And let me explain how we did this. And I have to admit, I think that I have participated in this and I refuse to participate in it anymore. Mm. What we did, what what I did, and I advise anyone to do, is I went into Google and I typed in the word marketing strategy. That's what I typed in. Mm -hmm. And I got something like 400 and something million results on searches. Okay. And some of the articles I saw were like 11 marketing strategies, 15 marketing strategies, 25 marketing strategies, 50 marketing strategies. And I believe that somewhere on DIY marketers is an article that's something like 26 marketing strategies. So I actually have a market research background. So one of the things I decided, and I thought, wow, if I were a small business owner, I would be like completely confused about this. Mm-hmm. So I started clicking on the articles. And I actually have a market research background. So what I started to do was I started to tabulate each and every strategy they mentioned. I went out and picked like, I don't know, 10 or 15 of these things. And I started tabulating each individual one and started grouping them. So people, this is marketing 101, right? You take data, you start grouping. You can do that with your customers. You can do that with anything. I started grouping them and what I found was that inside each of these articles that had all these marketing strategies listed, they weren't marketing strategies at all. Mm -hmm. They were tactics, they were ideas. And I thought to myself, I can't, and something else that was really important is that the assumption was that they were things that you do, okay? These are things you do. And I thought to myself, something isn't right here. I'm like very confused because how could you do? I think I got a total of uh, like a hundred and some different tactics and ideas, right? Out of this whole list, right? So um, I thought to myself, this is odd. This doesn't make any sense. And I thought, well, wait a minute. What is a marketing strategy? And I'm like, you choose a marketing strategy. It's a choice. It's not an action. It's a choice, people. Okay, like if I was gonna come and visit you in Philadelphia, I would have a choice. I could walk, I could drive, I could fly. Yeah. Now based on my skills, my desires, and my time and money requirements, I would make this choice, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, right, walking, driving, flying, those are strategies. Those are the, how am I gonna get to my goal? This is like important. I don't mean to lecture people, but I think we marketers have, have in with good intentions, confused people by oh, trying to make it simple. You see what I'm saying? Oh, hundred percent. And I couldn't agree more with that. And, and I think there's a difference between writing, writing something of value versus just writing something in general. Right. Of course. Yeah. And, and based off of research, like how, if, if, if somebody were to, I guess, if somebody were to read something, are, are there tall tale signs of this person just writing for SEO purposes versus mm. this person's trying to genuinely help you uh, navigate the world of business? Well, you know, I have a peeve, right? And the peeve is um, I don't like shallow content. So in the beginning, 
uh, I, there was a time where I was taking guest posts and things like that. I don't do that so much anymore. I'm very, very particular about who I allow to post mm. only because I found that the content was really, really shallow. Yeah. Uh, and so for example, like again, giving people a list and calling them marketing strategies and having them be tactics and ideas does no one a service. Right. I, and I know that these are popular articles I could tell by the searches because when, you know, when I searched on the phrase, how to choose a marketing strategy, do you know, uh, SEM rush, which is a great SEO tool, uh, told me that less than 20 people, about 20 people each month, even search for that exact phrase, which means people don't know. Yeah. People don't know. So when you're creating content, that, that's actually something I'm trying to resolve within myself, which is, how do I say this? We all like pizza, right? You like pizza? Yeah, I like pizza. Course, you know, course. and if you had to eat pizza 24 seven, you know, sometimes you got to eat your vegetables. And sometimes my issue with SEO is that people are sometimes writing for SEO. That's like feeding people pizza all the time. Mm. Right. You got to eat your vegetables. You yeah. have to know, so somewhere, at least my challenge for 2020 is to really figure out how do I, how do I, feed, it's almost like feeding your kids vegetables. How do I feed you vegetables that are like fun and enlightening and yeah. make give you that aha moment and have you feeling like a sense of relief after you've read something that those are the articles I like. I like articles. I love reading uh, Backlinko, Brian Dean. Yeah, of course. Like, favorite people because he's communicating complex things. And yet I'm always left feeling like, Oh, I think I can do that. Mm. Interesting. And, and that's a really good point. And I, I want to be able to navigate um, into the world of, okay, so now we are reading these articles, right. Mm -hmm. And we're listening to the people. We, we have a good idea of good versus bad, relatively speaking. Um, and now there's so much content that you read. How do we even apply that? So you hinted briefly about the idea of it's your choice and your plan, right? How, how did you, or what would you recommend to people in order to gather this information in order to make it, to make it actually work for themselves? Well, I'm going to come back to this because I told you, you tickled my soapbox, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the epiphany that I had after going through this, like searching and tabulating process and grouping and identifying things, the epiphany I had, and, and can I just tell you, I've used this for myself, right? I wouldn't be telling, yeah. I don't typically like to talk about things I haven't done myself. Yeah. So um, I realized that there were three marketing strategies. There are three and only three. I hope you guys are all feeling like a big sense of relief right now. There's only three. You can remember this. One is paid advertising. The second is content marketing. And the third is direct marketing. Mm. So back to your, your question, when you're reading, you know, when you're reading things and whatever, the reason I'm on this soapbox this year is because it has changed my life and my strategy. I was a consultant, now I'm an online publication. And it's all because of this sort of epiphany thing. Because once you've once you know that there are there's you know paid advertising, content marketing, and direct marketing, you're gonna pick like there's gonna be one. You know how when you do personality styles and they'll say, well, we're all kind of all of them, but there's one, right, that's like a primary. Mm -hmm. You're going to choose a primary strategy. Like, I'm just going to tell you my primary strategy is content marketing. Mm. Well, it's obvious, right? <laughs> because I have a site. But why do I have a site? Why do I write? And, and it's written content in particular. I do blogs. I do a lot of other things and video. But it's written content primarily. And that's because that my default is always to the written word. I don't do well. Like, you know how sometimes people give you a hack, like if you don't like writing articles and you're good at speaking, you can like speak or do video, like that doesn't work for me. So different things will work for different people. So you have to choose that thing that you like on your worst day, you will do this because you want to see what I'm saying. Yeah. hundred percent. 
right? So based on that and whether you have more time than money is how you're going to choose your marketing strategy. Then once you've chosen that marketing strategy, there are all the little tactics, right? These are the things that you're reading and hearing about from all the marketing experts out there, right? You're hearing about SEO and PPC and you're hearing about uh, email marketing and you're hearing about doing live events and all of these things have a place. And I'll send you the graphic that I use uh, that people can download. So, and I have a quiz that they can take to kind of help them through this thing. So uh, just to get you in the right direction, because then once you're clear, like once I realized that content was my umbrella strategy, right? And how I made money was through sponsorships and paid advertising. Yeah. I was like, woohoo. Now I got a goal. Now it's a game. Now I can measure. Now I can do things. But as long as you're a thousand points of light of quote unquote strategies and things that you're reading, you are at the cause of these people. Yeah. I mean, tell me about your story, Jonathan. Like when you, you know, when you were going through this process of reading all this stuff and finding people you were going to follow and do, how did you choose how to build your business? You said that. You said that. You yeah. Did. I mean, I, I chose it based off of the, the activity um, I chose based off of the content. Um, did the content relevant? Was it relevant to me? Was this actually tangible advice? Um, I'd say I need more so so on the sides of. I never really followed the the, the influencers. Mm-hmm. I'm more so okay. Well, if this person go if I googled X problem and it's high up on the list, then that means there's a strong chance that the person's investing in time and that Google respects this website. So, and then, and then kind of going from there, how I collected the information was a little bit different because I would just literally go through the, let's just say we Google low cost marketing ideas. Um, Then I would take the, uh, like maybe the top 10 things on page one and Mm -hmm. go into the article and just copy and paste whatever's on there and see how many times X thing was mentioned. And if it was mentioned five times out of the 10, then I would say it's probably a good chance that I should look into it. Oh, that's an awesome tip. Yeah. <laughs> I've never even thought of that. That's I awful. can say though, I think in the beginning I had sensory, sensory overload where I was just constantly consuming information and not doing as much as I could. Mm. And, and I think that's an ongoing issue with a lot of other businesses too. And that's why this podcast was created. And so we have the idea, right, of this is the content, this is the things that we need, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the execution side. And I think one of the things that you uh, are experts, uh, you're an expert in is just the low cost marketing idea. And so we all know that the paid advertising world, although incredibly important, can be costly. Um, we spend a ridiculous amount of money a month well, in that's order a, to get you in know front what, of the Jonathan? audience. Yeah. That's up to be debated. Sure. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. I have a friend who has a plastics manufacturing company. It's like a blow molding thing. I don't know, but notice mm-hmm. it's a niche, right? Mm-hmm. He does a specific type of thing. He has no sales. He has no marketing. And he spends all his, all of his resources in Google advertising. And he has built a $10 million business over the last five years. Now, That's really fascinating to me because I think, once again, you got to stop and think about this, especially when it comes, what is the lowest total cost marketing idea? Think about that. A lot of technology folks, IT people, manufacturing people, they would rather stick a fork in their eye than sell, right? Mm -hmm. Then then go face to face with people. And they don't have time for content. And what, what made me nuts recently is when I realized that there was this perception of if that paid advertising was expensive. And so they were quote unquote, not paying for advertising, but they couldn't write. They didn't like selling. They didn't like doing anything else. And time was ticking. And I thought to myself, well, how is that the lowest cost strategy? Mm. You're doing stuff you hate. You're not good at it. It's not happening for you. Why don't you just like 
if you calculate what your time is worth, yeah, very true. What you like to do. So once again, I'm wondering, maybe I should change set a low cost marketing as maybe lowest total cost marketing idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's actually a really interesting strategy. You might be spending say $500 at something that you're really good at, but you might be wasting $10,000 worth of your time. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I actually, and again, waited too long to do this, hired a bookkeeper. And one of the assignments I gave her, because like, right, I'm DIY, like I can use QuickBooks like anybody else, right? Yeah. But I couldn't do like this fancy reporting to understand what my time was worth and what my, mm. and especially it's harder with services and things like that, right? The, everything I do is so intangible. Um, and she took me through a process. Uh, can I tell you? Here's another example. Her charge was $40 an hour. The first month I paid her $250. Mm hmm and I swear to God, I've been paying her $10 a month ever since mm. because, and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. Because she helped create reports that tell me what my time was worth. That tell me how much to pay to hire someone that tell me when to do it myself, how to charge for things, how much I had to, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Lowest total cost people. It's an interesting. It's a very interesting point. At what point? Were you, uh, did you actually hire this individual? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, two. Well, first of all, I, I did everything. So I started the site in 2008 and I did everything. And it was my CPA that triggered this mm. myself until, I don't know when I went to, I don't know when I went to QuickBooks online. He told me my, 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 my CPA one day told me, um, Hey, you're getting to the point where your social security tax or something is going to be ginormous. So you need to spend money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, you need to go hire someone. So I started uh, getting help. Right. So I said, maybe it was a design, you know, I hired a designer. I hired someone to write some content or, you know what I mean? I started paying to update the site. Yeah. Web developer, like these little things that, that I was doing myself and it was taking forever when I could. Oh, in fact, I remember who I hired. I hired my friend Rhonda. Uh, she wasn't my friend. I found her on uh, what is today Upwork. And I had bought a shopping cart called one shopping cart back in the day. And it was costing me $99 a month. And I was like, all going to set it up which I didn't do for like three or four months. I hired Rhonda. Her charge was $25 an hour. It was done inside of a day. Wow. Like she set up, like I paid her 50 bucks and she did it. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. Do you, I mean, do you see my point? So like people think all oh, your DIY marketers, you do everything yourself. And I'm like, no, lowest total cost, which is why this choosing of your strategy is so critical because that's going to tell you, that's going to tell you where is my time and effort best spent? Where am I most valuable? How did you, um, in the beginning to now, you said, how much did that change? Because I'm, I'm going to assume that as you continue to grow, as you continue to create, um, there are things constantly moving. So like, w when did it, like, w what was, I guess the, the path, um, in the beginning versus like, what is the path now and how is it different? What I'm going to explain to you and I'm going to tell people first, I'm going to tell you the end result, right? It wasn't, I, I know I've been on this kick and I apologize, but I hope that mm, you guys sure. through my, through my constant repetition uh, and I've been doing, I've been doing this marketing thing for a really long time. And you know, with age comes wisdom. And so this is like some wisdom I'm laying down on you people, right? When I started in the beginning, you know, uh, uh, an online, I always like to liken an online property to an actual house, right? It, it, you know, we use the word home for homepage. There's a lot of real estate uh, analogies with a website. So when I started the website, it was supposed to be a membership site, but I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't, I was a long, stupid story. I didn't do it. I started creating content. I just started writing. I did no SEO. I did nothing. It was like 2008. I just wrote, I could write three, four articles in a week because it was easy. Um, and I, imagine if you had a house and you just started bringing boxes and willy nilly and just placing them into spaces. And that's what I did. 
because I didn't know SEO. I didn't know anything. I just wrote. I had dozens of categories, hundreds of tags. Yeah, I had so many what I call digital dust bunnies. I didn't know what to do. But it wasn't until I chose, wasn't until it occurred to me that I was running a content marketing strategy and the way I was going to make money was through advertising and paid sponsorships. Mm-hmm. When I went through this strategy, choosing tactic, implementing, like when I got to that point, I was like, whoa, now I knew where to invest my money. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. I need technical. Oh, first of all, I didn't know that there was a difference between technical SEO and on-page SEO. Mm-hmm. I'd learn that. And then I had to take months and months, almost a year to like clean up the articles, reorganize the site. It took me six months to figure out my categories, mm-hmm. you know, but those are things that only I could do, but I had to hire people who understood SEO architecture to help me choose those. Hmm. Interesting. And, you know, so now I invest in cleaning up my content. I invest in tools like SEMrush. Like, so suddenly I just want to tell people, suddenly I became really, really clear about what I could do and only I could do. Like I can only create certain types of content, but that doesn't absolve me from fixing old content or reorganizing the site or hiring a developer to make sure that site is as fast as it could be. Maybe that it's in the right host, that it's on, you know, that it's doing all the right things, right? So suddenly when I decided that content was the strategy and the way you made money was through that content, that content had to be then optimized, right? I am not beyond using paid advertising to drive traffic, but I'm still waiting on that because I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a good, uh, that's almost like arbitrage, right? You pay for advertising to drive advertising revenue. That doesn't seem right to me. So I'm like, eh, maybe not the best thing right now, but the best thing right now is to make sure I have the sleekest, fastest, most informative site. You mentioned that like that the content is, uh, promise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to I want to hear more about the organization because I I'm just going to assume that you have to be a crazy amazing organizer because how can you be able to forecast and understand and see all the things that you need to do throughout the course of not only the week but I'm going to assume that you're probably thinking you might be thinking about 2021 at this point how, what is your organization structure like from a personal standpoint and in that of a business standpoint? Boy, you're making it sound, but I think I'm like everybody else, right? Really? Uh, uh, honest to God. So, uh, and maybe it's because of, maybe I'll drop some trends on you, right? Yeah. So uh, back in the day, when I got my first corporate job and wrote a marketing plan, it was more than a hundred pages. Then five years later, I got another job and I was a marketing manager for like a whole group. And then my marketing plan was like 50 pages. And then Five years later, I was the worldwide director of marketing for a division of Monsanto. And then my marketing plan was like one page and and could be distributed to other people. And today, my marketing plan and my organization structure is once again focused, and, and there's a reason for this. I really believe that, and again, we're not talking to enterprise people. We're talking to small business owners, right? People with yeah. like five employees. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about people going to a bank to get money. None of that. I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. About Like DIY people. Really, once you, once, now that I have my strategy chosen and I've selected my tactics, right? Every, every single day is a function of, because what happens is that there is this flood, as you mentioned, this flood of information especially now they're like people are, you know, you're getting emails and sales messages and specials and buy this and do that and blah, blah, blah. And the number one thing I've noticed is I ask myself the question, 
in what ways will this save me time, save me money, get me to my goal? Yeah. And if it doesn't do that, it does you back to your, it doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't spark joy. It's out. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, why, why am I doing this podcast? I'm doing this podcast because my sale is not you buying something or your listeners buying something. My sale is having them come to the site, is having them come to one of my Twitter chats, is if they're following me and I ask them to do something, it's for them to do it. So anything that builds relationships, anything that distributes a message is a sale to me. Yeah. So you see why this, why this activity fits into my marketing strategy and that's how it gets planned because there's too many choices, too many things and to, to commit it to 50 pages or even five or even one, the only thing you need to know is this must strategy, these are the tactics I'm using and every day I gotta be, if, it, if I'm not doing things that support any of those, Mm -hmm. that's not, not worth it i don't know what do you do i know you were expecting to you were expecting to hear something lofty but no i just no. use google, I use google <clears throat> yeah that's that's kind of because i think people are i mean like the reason why people go on to your site and this is you know beyond um this is a generalization but um, the, the reason why people read these articles is to be able to hear the advice from other people of thought leaders and I guess the, the um, not that I was had an expectation towards any answer, but it's good to be able to hear tools of how those that are successful and how they operate in their processes and their procedures. Um, from like a personal standpoint, um, I don't actually use that many tools. Uh, I use like a crazy organizational structure in Google that allows me to, to understand like what the future uh, looks like when it comes to, to Penji. Um, but then also for like my own personal content. So like you having a person that probably produces tons of content on a, on a daily basis, including Twitter, cause I know you're incredibly active on Twitter. Um, how, how does, like, how do you navigate all of that? Like, Ooh. how do you organize it? How do you execute uh, that strategy? Oh, 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 thank you for clarifying that question because sure. this is where tools are absolutely critical. And, um, and again, we're talking about making choices for tools because this is where I see a lot of mistakes happening. Understand tools are there, at least for me. And I believe they, I don't know if I'm, if I should speak more broadly on this, maybe you can reflect on that. But to me, a tool is there to a do those simple things that you're constantly repetitively doing. So you can multiply yourself right? So a good tool mm, will help that's a really good point. multiply. And when you're multiplying yourself, you're, I, I come from a manufacturing background. So when you're multiplying yourself, what you're actually doing is you're multiplying a quality system and process that works. Because if you're doing email marketing and you create a sequence of emails, then that sequence is you know what the best sales is and you're maintaining quality. That thing is repeating you 24 seven. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about like social tools, right? Because I want to make a very important distinction because Lord knows people do not get this. Tools are there to help you be live and be present in real life. So let me explain. Like on Twitter, how do you share? Everybody said, how do you share so much content? How do you do all this? How do you do all that? Well, A, I choose a primary uh, social channel that I love. LinkedIn is not my ideal channel. My ideal channel really should be, um, I'm sorry, Twitter is not where all my customers are per se. Yeah. I just love Twitter because mm. I'm shy and I love Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn is where all my ideal customers are. That's where all the sponsors are, but I'm not very good there. So what I do is I, there's a difference between automation and scheduling and engaging. Automation is what you do, as I said, to repeat your quality process. So you would automate emails, 
right? You might automate, you might have little triggers, like a notification, like a reminder is an automation, right? All that's all automation to keep, keep you on track. Scheduling, you schedule, um, you schedule social media posts that have a beginning and an end, right? So like, I'll have a campaign to promote this podcast mm -hmm. and it'll have a beginning and it'll have an end and then it'll trickle in like in perpetuity, right? So that's how I do these things, right? There's a push and then there's like a trickle and you do all these things so you can engage in real time. So when I do the Twitter chat, all the questions are scheduled and people are like, oh, I like to be live. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be cutting and pasting, now you're wasting time cutting and pasting when you should be engaging and talking to people. <laughs> so you have to like really sit down and deconstruct things. And don't just like, again, don't just jump into some activity and some tool unless you know how it's going to support what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, very, very true. And when you're navigating this, I mean, was there anything in particular that you thought that 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 you wish you knew um, in the beginning versus what you know now? From a um, content marketing standpoint, from a content marketing standpoint, I will tell you, I wish I knew. I wish I wasn't. Um, I wish I knew that I had it, that I was on the right track when I started. Yeah. See, Jonathan, I started and then I got into a particular group and I started the content marketing thing. And then I took a side journey mm. when someone told me that, oh, you should create programs and sell programs and teach people stuff. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. I took an 18 month hike down a path that took me nowhere and my site struggled as a result i had to literally start from scratch mm -hmm. so i wish that i had understood that content was my strength that the relationships i had with influencers were my strength I would have, I, I wasted, it, it, at least to me, it occurs that I wasted a lot of time. So in terms of adv advice, maybe what I should have said to myself was, do you really think that teaching and developing content and like courses is where you shine? Mm. Is that your gift? I learned it wasn't. And the other thing that I learned was that as much as, um, I didn't have resonance with that audience. These were all passion to profit people and heart-centered people. And while I am a very woo-woo person, it's just not what my brand is. Yeah. It's just that, that you can hear from that. Like if, you know, I could just like go off on all kinds of woo-woo uh, topics, but that's like not the topic at hand. When I talk about marketing and small business marketing, I'm really pragmatic about it. Yeah, no, totally. Well, when you are, um, I had a, I had a question, but now I completely lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the idea of, um, success, I'm going to assume that your definition of success cha has changed from, because uh, let's be honest, there isn't anybody on the planet that is as qualified to talk about the journey of entrepreneurship than you because you've been doing this at, in the very beginning um, and you've seen the trends of content marketing you've seen the trends of seo you've seen you've been hurt and, and helped by the algorithms of, of whatever the universe is out there for but the definition uh, the definition of success to you like from the very beginning was probably like was what and then what would you say is that definition of success now look like well, you know, back in the day, the definition of success was if I could just have some big corporate job and make a ton of money, I would just be so happy. Mm -hmm. And I had a defining moment when my husband sat me down. He said, you know, you're 35 years old. You're the worldwide director of marketing for Monsanto. What is it that you need to do? I'm behind you, but this thing that we're doing, that you're doing, that's making you crazy is not working. 
That was the trigger for the entrepreneur's journey. Uh, so I thought success was, I thought that if you paid me enough money, I could sit across a table and look at anything and do anything. And I learned that was not true. So um, then I thought success was what all the media likes to talk about in entrepreneurship. And then I had another epiphany. You know, we glamorize entrepreneurship and we think all of us could be like a Gary Vaynerchuk or like, I don't know, pick, pick a person, right? Yeah. And I learned, oh yeah, right. And then you had the rise of Shark Tank and like all this stuff. And I thought to myself, what I ended up seeing in the real world was there are actually three types of small business owners, right? There is the entrepreneur whose primary conversation motivation is scale, right? That's your Google people, right? That's your like, I don't know, pick a person, right? Yeah. These are like all the big people that want to be everywhere all the time, right? That's their, 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 their conversation is scale. They don't really care about too much else. It's all about how do I get bigger? How do I grow? How do I get funding? How do I do this? How do I buy more people? How do I grow, 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 right? Then there is the, what I call the main street business owner, main street business owner, you know, people in your neighborhood, right? They have a brick and mortar location. Their primary motivation is more like community driven. You know, they want to do their job. They want to like put kids through college. They want to like employ people. They can have multiple locations. They can grow, but their primary motivation is to like stay in business and be part of a community versus, and this was my this is where my thing of success came. I'm like, holy crap, I'm not either of these things. I'm more of like a lifestyle entrepreneur. Uh, I'm, I could sell this and it's structured to sell if I wanted to. Um, but I just enjoy doing this. This is what I want to do. I, I could like retire and die and get hit by a truck and it would disappear and that would be okay. Right. Because my goal is my goal was to control my time. I already did the corporate thing. So I wanted to shift my priorities. So my idea of success was being there for my family, you know, having time for myself and not being at the cause of some corporation. How long did it take to get there? To, yeah. I was just going to say how long did it take to get there? And the, and the reason why I asked this is because I want to preface this very briefly. Um, you mentioned a name that I'm not going to say. I usually don't say his name on this podcast um, mm -hmm. because I don't like to glorify the world of influencer marketing. Correct. Um, and so to me, a lot of people are li uh, listening to uh, these people on social media and they're trying to make it easy. They're trying to make it easier. But in actuality, it is so damn incredibly hard. You can invest a lot of money and time into these things and and have that very brief success but that brief success will be brief success and so somebody who's been doing it um, for as long as you and i don't want to keep harping at that but it is incredibly rare for somebody to actually do something for as long and keep at it and fine-tune it hmm. at, at what point uh, did you realize that you can make a living off of this mm. um, and how long did it actually take in order oh. for you to do it yeah. And you know, I'm going to speak in terms of real time, right? Sure. So I was making money doing consulting because that's what pays the bills. And I still carry one or two clients at any time. One, because it's consistent income, right? Sure. Because yeah, when you're making lose money it. Of advertising and my husband always says marketers are the strippers of the business world. <laughs> when you're doing, when you're doing a, a campaign, an influencer campaign with a brand or something, then you're making big bucks. But you know, those are few and far between, right? So I, so I was doing consulting for a long time, right? And I wanted to quit because I wanted to do publishing and so on and so forth. And uh, my mentor, Anita Campbell from Small Biz Trends said to me, you know, you have to keep at it. You have to keep at it and you're going to want to quit and want to quit, but don't, you have to keep at it because what's going to happen is that one day it'll start snowballing, right? So creating content online, if that's your strategy, it's a long game, you know, and I have a friend who calls it the grass ceiling. The mm. grass ceiling is you plant a seed and you're watering and watering, but you don't see it growing. You know, it's growing because we know science, 
but you can't see it. So you have to trust. And he goes, what most people do is they don't see the root shoot come up. So they stop. And then of course it dies. And so I kept going for a long time. And then one day, and I had gone through this, like, I was like, so depressed, Jonathan. I was like, literally just had a down time. We all know what that's like, right? Mm -hmm. I was just like, none of this is working. I suck so bad. Nobody loves me. I can't do this. (laughs) I don't know, like whatever thing you say to yourself, right? Yeah. And I look in my email and there's an email from an ad agency that says, you didn't see our first email, but uh, we want to do a campaign with Canon, the printer people. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, right? So that was like in, so I started in 2008. I took my little sojourn, right? 18 months of like WTF. And then I came back and that was like 2013 ish 2014 maybe so that's a long time but understand i was being a wife and a mother and uh you know what i'm saying there's a lot of things i was doing inside that space and i think that's one of the things a lot of influencers don't talk about you know they don't talk about the fact that for them to achieve that result some of them had the time and space to dedicate 24 seven to that. But a lot of people don't have that. They have responsibilities. They have to make money. They got to put kids through school. They got stuff to do. Yeah. And that's why and I, it was not a priority for me. So it took a while. And yeah. then, you know, so there you go. And then it was only like a year or so ago that it dawned on me that I should be like making money off the content. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Right. So it's just like, so so I try not to be down on myself and I'm like, well, I guess that's just my, that's just what it took for me to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and and it's good that you, you figured it out sooner rather than later. Um, But I think the moral of that story was you have a bad day. Um, Maybe at times check your inbox and there could be some, uh, there could be some money in there that you're, uh, that you're least expecting. Right. Yeah. Well, that, and you know what else gets me out of it? Uh, this isn't exactly a low cost marketing tip. Maybe it's just a low cost psychology tip. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I'm having like a terrible day and feel like nothing, nothing is working and I can't do anything right. I literally out loud celebrate every little thing. Like I get up and I go into the bathroom and I like, I'm like, Oh, look at you girl. You up out of the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I take a shower. I'm like, Oh, you're looking good. All right. Nice. And I'm like, oh, you sent that email. Look at you go. That's awesome. <laughs> right? But I mean, it seems really silly, but I think it's really, it's just it, it, because it, uh, I think it changes your body chemistry. Mm-hmm. And simply saying it out loud in a happy voice and generally being happy because truthfully, I would have rather just like sat on the couch with a blankie and Netflix, but I, chose differently so like acknowledge your choices make choices i think it's interesting because even the thought of what you just said gave me very brief anxiety uh being able to talk to myself (laughs) Um, (laughs) but i think what is interesting um is that if you do that if you do do that it might give you the confidence to be outspoken in other in other areas of your Mm -hmm. life absolutely yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't I I I do think the biggest mistake uh you know you talk about your blind entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. To me what a blind entrepreneur is sometimes it's almost like you're you know I'm a sci-fi freak so like you know when they like the in Star Trek they go into warp mode and all the stars just shoot out you know it's that point that you can't you're not seeing anything because of the overwhelm. Mm. There's so much to see that you can't see anything. Yeah. And I, I can't stress enough how powerfully important it is to take, I would say like a one day a week, for me it's a Saturday morning or sometimes early in the mornings, to do nothing but to sort of like roam and think. And you know what, that, I mean, you're wondering like, the things I've said seem obvious, but they weren't exactly obvious. It took some thinking, like, why is that? Like I had to like, you know, why is that? And you took the time. You're like, oh, let me search on that. Let me search, you know, 
give yourself some time and space to think because you have to get dirty with the data. That's where the insights come from. Dirty with that's a good quote. Get dirty with the data. If yeah, if that's not if that's not repurposed marketing, uh, you can use that right there. Uh, it was an absolute honor to have you on the show, and uh, we're so I'm so grateful to be able to share this with you. Um, if people wanted to learn more about you, about learn more about your journey, learn more about um, the the network and the the website that you've created, let us know what it is so we we can. Uh, I'll become a subscriber today. Well, I'll do one better. Uh, I host a Twitter chat on Twitter called Bizapalooza chat. So what you would do is you go up on Twitter and go into the search box and you type in hashtag Bizapalooza chat, B-I-Z-A-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A chat. And you can engage with a bunch of smart people. You got questions, you're feeling bad. We run two chats a week. One is Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern. One is Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's just a, if you want to get some free marketing advice and meet some wonderful people, you feeling lost and lonely somewhere like at an airport, check us out. Uh, of course, you can always find me on DIYmarketers.com. I have very, I only have a few places where you can subscribe. The biggest gift you can give to me is come and visit, read the content, share the content. Yep. And all the links will be in the show notes. So uh, to partake in the, the chat, to follow you on Twitter, uh, to follow you on, on any other thing will be in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Blind Entrepreneurship. Your time, energy, and attention mean the absolute world to me. Thank you. Because you're still listening, even though the episode is technically over, that means that you're a super listener, and you care even further about what I have to say, and that means even more to me. And because of that, I'd love to be able to give you a small gift. As you know, I am the co-founder of Penji, and I personally believe that Penji is one of the best creative services on the planet. It gives you the ability... Uh, to free up your time in order for you to focus more on your business so you let us do all the graphic design support and all the graphic design help in an on-demand fashion. And because you're listening to this portion of the episode, I'd love to be able to give you 50% off of your first month of Penji. In order to do that, all you have to do is enter the coupon code TBE Show. That's TBE show for 50% off. Again, I truly believe that Penji is revolutionizing the creative industry. And if you feel at any point in time that your business is not getting the graphic designs that you deserve, or if you ever feel like you're paying too much for your graphic design team or your freelancers, or you're finding it difficult to find reliable talent, we'd love for you to give us a try. And again, that is TBE show for the coupon code and as always i have to end every conversation with the key phrase that it started it all go out there and execute your vision everybody have a great rest of your day